0: All right, welcome back to another episode. Today, we are continuing in our series, Power Couple Secrets. And we are going to unpack a little further this savior complex. But really, today's episode is about how do we come together, coming into an empowered place together? Because ultimately, power couples, whatever your definition of that is, couples who are thriving in relationship together, building each other up, multiplying, being prosperous in all arenas of life, are coming into their relationship, into all of the things in their life from an empowered place together, right? Creating a space for each other to discover their strengths instead of, you know, pointing out all of the weaknesses. So last episode, I talked a lot about, I shared some of the actual signs that you might be, you know, playing the savior. We might be in this game or loop, repeating loops and patterns, you know, consciously or unconsciously playing the savior in our relationships. And a lot of times, you guys, this comes, obviously it comes from a good Place in the beginning, but it can become very, very addictive. And uh, it can just become the energy that runs its course across the gamut of all of our relationships. So if you have not tuned into that episode and you are finding yourself, you know, exhausted from (laughs) having to be the one that fixes everything, solves everything, has all the answers, I really encourage you to go back and tune into the last episode. And just take a look at those signs um, that I mentioned. And today I really want to talk about, you know, what are we getting? What are we getting from playing the Savior? We talked about that a little bit, but what is actually happening to the other person, to the dynamic of the relationship? And how do we give back the power? How do we get to a place where we redistribute basically the power where it belongs so that we can come To this relationship where we're both giving from a really grounded, beautiful place. And um, we can actually be a couple instead of be mommy and daddy or savior and, uh, you know, person that needs to be saved or whatever. So let's just, let's go back to the beginning. So what are we getting? I mean, I talked about this a little bit last time, but When we play the savior, what are we really doing here? We're trying to feel in control by fixing the lives of everyone else, often in order to distract ourselves from our own anxiety, our own sense of feeling out of control, our own sense of feeling powerless about situations. And also, you know, when we help others, it does induce, it does ignite this sense of validation that, okay, I'm needed. I have worth. I You know, I am a necessary element here. And, um, you know, the amount of validation we get from these external um, relationships, people, achievements, accomplishments, checking things off our list, we need to check in with that because a lot of high achievers, high performers, go getters, type A personalities, you know, not just all type A personalities, but a lot of us who have been trained to drive and press forward, we pride. We pride ourselves on being the ones who have all the answers, who can fix all of the problems, right? We're just wired and programmed that way. And it does feel good for a long time. But here's what's actually happening. You know, I just want to really go back and point out that, you know, when I have gone back and experienced this in my own life, where I see myself falling into this pattern, or I witness it in clients that I'm working with right now, there are massive things going on below this surface that the fixer, the savior, et cetera, is really uncomfortable with, right? Um, there's a sense of underlying dis-ease, anxiousness um, about something going on, right? They feel out of control. I've already mentioned that. So it's easy to just grab the reins, take action. So these are the people who are usually fueled more by, you know, like, I will not lose control here. I will not let someone else take the reins. Like, it's it's a lot of, yeah, fear, <laughs> control, and pride. So we got to upgrade here. This is about getting a conscious and strategic upgrade. Let's tune in. You know, what is the energy that I'm in? What is the level of consciousness that I'm in when I'm playing that savior? And what am I actually getting from it? One of the exercises I'm going to throw a real practical tool out there is, you know, whenever people are saying, I'm in this loop, I hate it, I don't know why I keep going through this, even though it feels like crap, I make them write a list. I actually tell them, write a list right now of no less than 50 to 100 benefits that you're getting from playing the savior or, you know, whatever the pattern is, because you're getting something out of it in a dysfunctional way, Right. And so what we want to really do is start to upgrade how and where we're getting our validation, our sense of worth, our level of certainty, right? Our focus and and upgrade where that comes from, the source of that. Because I'm telling you, when we are getting that fuel, that those needs, which they are needs, we, we've, we've got an innate need to know that we are worthy, right? That we are here on purpose for a purpose. So we have an innate need to feel a level of certainty. I mean, and safety, that is just every human on the planet has that. But the question is, where are you getting those answers met? Are you constantly seeking someone outside of you or need a project or something to distract you Or are you able to sit in the discomfort and find the certainty deep within, right? What can we really control? I saw a sticker the other day that said, relax, nothing is under control. And that is so true. Everything. The only thing that we know for sure is that everything can change at any moment in time. Nothing is really guaranteed. And so the question is, can we rest? Can we rest in the knowing that... You know, nothing is really under control. Anything can shift at any moment in time. And can I be calm in the midst of chaos? Can I be calm in the storms? Can I be a grounded guiding light for others without having to be controlling? <laughs> right. So, what's actually happening when we play this role? Number one, we create massive codependency, massive codependency. There was a great book I read years ago when I found myself going through this loop called Codependent No More. I forget the author, but I'll post it in the show notes. But it really opened my eyes at the time that I had witnessed unconsciously a very codependent relationship from my parents growing up where, you know, my father did everything, managed everything, managed the finances, fixed everything in the house. Like he was the one who said how things were going to go. And my mom was deeply devoted, deeply nurturing. You know, she just kind of towed along. And she, over the years, you know, because he was so controlling and so dominating as a presence, and to be honest, like, he made shit happen. And he was also an alcoholic, verbally abusive. So over time, just paper cutting, paper cutting, you know, her character, her sense of worth, you know, that she couldn't make decisions, she started to lose herself, to lose her ability to believe that she was capable and able, that skilled. I mean, we're talking about a woman who had a PhD in foreign languages, you know, who had, like, she was well-educated. She's a beautiful woman. She began to lose a sense of herself and her whole identity and purpose and meaning was just if she was being a good mother and if she was being a good in quotes air quotes wife whatever that meant. And I was witnessing this this pattern where my mom was so dependent on my father, and you know he was kind of the controller and. Yes, there was some victim aggressor stuff going on. Obviously, there was a savior complex until one day, you know, he just could not keep up, right? The the alcoholism finally got to him. As a man, like on the outside, we're looking, it's like, yep, he failed in the marriage. He failed as a father. He failed. And I'm not saying this, that he is a failure. I'm saying by the worldly standards, we cannot sustain being the answer, being the source, being the one that does everything on our own. By our own strength, right? Like it's just we're human. Eventually we're gonna crock. We're meant to be interdependent, right? And uh I think like this pressure cooker that we build up inside of ourselves, you know, we all have a different level of tolerance, we all have a different level of how much we can handle, how much presence we can bring. Eventually we have a tipping point where it's like, okay, I can only do so much. So just be aware, like that codependent relationship, we can create, we create, and it happens. Again, check it. Are you, are you, do you find yourself in these codependent relationships over and over again, even with our children, even with our teams? Because I witness that pattern. Again, one of the things I say all the time to my clients is children and are observing, they're watching, and they're absorbing. They're taking in energetically. They're feeling, tuning into the atmosphere, right, of the room, the frequency, the presence. And so it doesn't matter what you say. Yes, words can be piercing. Words can be powerful. Words can hurt. Words can build up. But so much of what we take in is in the energetic realm, in this spiritual realm, by observing, by watching and creating our own meaning, giving our own energy, right? Storing that information in our cells and our DNA. And we have no idea what's going to impact somebody because everybody is seeing it through their own lens. We have no idea what's that one instance that's going to just boom put an imprint in somebody's body, right? A traumatic experience or whatever. And the body remembers and the meaning is given and the energy is taken root. So Children are observing and they're absorbing. They're absorbing the energy. And so, of course, I absorbed, you know, codependent energy. And so for many years, this is why I, you know, swung the pendulum the other way. And I thought, well, it is great to be fiercely independent. I will not be dependent on anyone else. But because I was Swinging it to way to the other side, saying if it's gonna be, it's up to me. I'm gonna take care of everything. I'm not gonna need a man. I'm gonna be in charge. I'm gonna make the decisions. Me, me, me. Pride, pride, pride. What I didn't realize is when one person becomes fiercely independent, often the opposite end of that, right? The polarity, because we always need two opposites, we create dependency on us by other people, and we kind of play this God. So be careful that we are not this is actually what we're creating because nobody wants to create that consciously, right? Well, maybe. But what we want to do is shift into a state of interdependency. So what's actually happening, we're hindering growth. We're hindering their mental growth, their capacity to stretch their mind, to see what's possible, to visualize what else is going on there, when we are always fixing and we're saving, we're narrowing other people's mental abilities, right? Because they can only see the problem in front of them. And if we're not challenging and invite them to stretch their ability to see, to expand their vision, to expand and challenge their own belief systems, we actually are contracting and narrowing and stunting their growth. Really tune into this especially if you have children, teenagers, as their kids are growing up, you know, we are here to raise, yes, independent and interdependent adults, not codependent adults, right? Not fiercely independent. It brings me great joy to know that my kids, I could drop them in any country and know that they'll survive or, you know, they've got this survival skills, but I also want them to work together, to co-create, to collaborate, So are we hindering growth? Of course we are when we're in this pattern, right? We're stunting the growth, the mental, the physical, and the spiritual, okay? Mental, we just talked about. Physical, what do you mean, Christine? How are we stunting their physical growth? Well, people feel frozen and powerless when they are constantly having to have someone else do the saving, do the fixing, right? They're not taking action. They're frozen in fear. One of the patterns I see is a lot of savior complexes are attracting people who freeze, freeze when fear is the fuel, right? They get scared, they freeze, and they just like a deer in the headlights, freeze up, they don't move, they don't take action, they hide, they're just stuck. So physically, they actually, we're keeping them stuck from moving forward, from taking action right or wrong, just making decisions and seeing any kind of physical result. This is why it can become (laughs) really exhausting when we begin to do, physically do everything for someone else. We're like, what is going on? Physically, this person is becoming weaker instead of stronger. They're taking less action. They're witnessing less momentum, and they're usually feeling denser, heavier. So a lot of times what I see, and again, not a therapist, I'm not an expert is anything, but what I see is one person who's very full of fire ready to go, 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 you know, the go-getter, the one that is always in action. And the opposite end of the spectrum, the other partner can become very dense, very heavy, very depressed. So one is in a lot of anxiety. The other one is sort of ping pong between anxiety and depression, which is the state of heaviness, right? There's locked up emotions. There's not enough movement going on. And the other person gets weighed down and weighed down and starts feeling hopeless. So be like, again, I'm, I'm really shedding this light because power couples know I am here to multiply you, to expand your vision, right? When you, when you come, I'm holding space for you. I'm saying, yeah, what's going on? I want to hear, I'm listening. I'm just holding space. I can ask questions that maybe support you in expanding your vision. You know, have you considered this? What else is possible, right? We're just getting the other person to do the work, right? We're encouraging and inspiring them to take action instead of telling them what action to do. One of the things I often ask my clients is, are you asking your partner or your child questions or are you telling them what to do? Write that down. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm gonna just like write that down. One of the key things that has been so um, effective for me is shifting from telling everyone, my staff, my, you know, my team members, my husband, my kids, my friends, my mother, my mother, my mother, (laughs) you know, from telling them what to do or how they should think or what they should think to asking, what are they thinking? You know, what is bringing them to those conclusions? What else is possible? I love questions that start with what, right? And I love questions that start like with, is it possible that, right? Because we are stretching again. So what else happens? Well, we already talked about disempowering, right? When someone feels like the other person is constantly the powerful one, the strong one, the one who can make shit happen, excuse my language, but you know, the other person feels less and less powerful. They feel weaker, physically weaker, mentally and emotionally weaker. And so this is what's actually happening. We are siphoning life force. Listen to this, my friends. We are siphoning life force away from our true calling and purpose because we are distracted with this project that is not ours to fix. And we are siphoning their life force. We're literally blocking their life force from channeling and flourishing and multiplying. And so we're stunting them from their destiny. Whoo! How's that for some sense of responsibility? I'm going to say that again. When we are in these roles, I am not if I'm playing the savior, then I'm not on my purpose because my energy, my focus, my strength, my gifts, are being channeled to try to take care of this project, this thing that is not my true purpose. That, you know, we are called to be of service. We are called to nur- nurture and support and strengthen each other up. But be very careful of this. So our energy is not being channeled in the right direction. And the person that we are doing the saving for, literally, we're blocking the flow of their energy because we're not allowing it to flow right? We get uneasy with them, you know, taking action and possibly messing up or making the wrong decisions or, right, we get frustrated with their pace and all of these things. So you can see how we actually create a container where both people feel off-purpose, frustrated, stuck, and we're looping through. So again, we got to shift this, right? Power couples shift, right? That's the dysfunctional couple. Power couples do what? Well, we talked about that. We we amplify each other. We build each other up. We encourage each other to grow. We want to stretch. We're here to stretch each other. Not to do the stretching for you. I'm not sitting here pushing you down, forcing you to stretch, but I'm going to invite you to stretch. I'm going to channel my life force, right? This is one of the things like I, I so am grateful for my husband and I because we are so conscious about making sure that we are channeling our life force, our energy, our focus on our The purpose that God is calling us right now in our life, we're checking in, checking in and asking the question, am I on purpose or am I just distracted right now because I need to feel purposeful, right? And is there stuff going on inside of me that I'm uneasy about? So I'm just creating these side projects of saving people because I'm shying away from something that I'm being called to step into that might be scary, a powerful decision I need to make, something I need to like put out, right? And, and it's, it, it is like self-coaching questions to say, who isn't it interesting back in an episode, a previous episode I, on enemy tactics, I talked about distraction, distraction being a huge enemy tactic. And I see myself, Oh, you know, like I got to watch myself because I can, I am so flowy. <laughs> I can easily get distracted, but sometimes we procrastinate. We distract ourselves because we are hesitating on taking action from the spirit, right? We know we're being called to do something. We know it's time to move in a new season, in a new direction, to take some powerful action. And we are hesitating. And so what we do is we fill our time with other things. Well, you know, if I want to really move into the space of being a power couple, I have to stay in obedience to the spirit. I've got to challenge myself to stay grounded and focused. I can hold space for others while staying on purpose. And You know, by the way, that being on purpose doesn't mean don't be a mom, don't be distracted with what's going on in your family. Like, be there for our children, be there for our partner, for our husband, for our wife. But how are we being there, right? Are we being there to fix, to control, to force, et cetera? Or are we being there to just be holding the space, to be listening, to be someone who sees them for who they are, who can honor them in their process, right? Are we being there present in the present moment? Are we being there frustrated because we're living in the future, irritated that they're not catching up, right? So let's give the power back. What do you say? I'm all down. Like, I will tell you, when we start giving power back, it's one of the most um, frightening things because all of a sudden you're like, what do I do with myself? Um, and it's also one of the most liberating things that you're like, whoo! look at all this bandwidth that just open up so I can do things for myself and for the next calling of my life and do more for others, serve more. Right. So this is so funny because yesterday I was on a call with one of my clients and we were we've been working on this for a while. And she said to me, wow, it's so weird. Cause now like there used to be a time and space where I'd go on vacation and I could not not check email, right? People were constantly calling me, checking in on me, asking me if, you know, what decisions needed to be made, et cetera, et cetera. And she's like, last time I went on vacation, Christine, like it was like radio silence. <laughs> Nobody needed me. Nobody needed me. And in fact, no, my GM was signing leases, he was making decisions. Or my manager, I forget exactly the title, but things were getting done, decisions were being made, contracts were being signed, and no one was checking in with her to make sure that she approved or could make the decision. She had created an environment. She is creating an environment that is empowering others to step up and fully own their role. And there's also this tension in the middle of, oh my gosh, (laughs) they don't need me. What am I going to do with myself? am I really needed in this relationship? Do I really, you know, what value do I have to bring? And I mentioned the team, the team atmosphere there, but this happens a lot as we're making this upgrade in our love relationship is that when we start stepping back and creating more space for the other person to find their own answers within, right. And allowing our partner to just struggle through the things and loving them where they are, And we start pulling back. You can experience this moment of like, oh, shit, oh, shit, you know, am I really needed in this relationship, right? I'm not going to be the the hero of the story. My partner gets to be the hero of their own story. And um, we get to sit with that. And that is a beautiful, growing experience for us and for them. So what happens when we give the power back for them? Well, I think like number one, we put the Savior back to where the Savior is meant to be. For me, that's Christ, you know, like. God gave his only son so that we could have the freedom, the liberty to move forward, to be light in spirit. And I believe that this is an inner journey between ourselves, our hearts, our inner child, our father, our creator. And this is the work that gets to happen. So we give the power back to God to do the saving, to do the divine provision, to give the answers. We give the power back to the man or woman to discover who they really are instead of us always telling them. Right, who they're not. We give each other the opportunity to find and discover our own answers within. The deeper we go, the, the the better the answers, honestly. Right. We we retrain ourselves and we retrain them to go within, to tap into their own strength, to tap into their own intuition, their own instinct, right? And their confidence begins to, you know out to come from the inside rather than the outside. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing to witness when someone who was doubting and questioning themselves and so disconnected from their body or what was going on inside because they were always asking someone else for external validation begins to really show up from a place of tuning in and saying this is what I this is what I feel, this is what I desire, this is what I choose right? And it takes two people who are in that space that can become comfortable, that are truly comfortable with your partner saying, no, I'm not doing that. That's not the right time for me. I'm doing this way. I'm choosing this. And that's not getting triggered, right? It is such a beautiful thing when we begin to see this person budding their confidence, their gifts starting to unlock, right? And I believe that this is the place where we really begin to operate as a powerful couple. Right? Where the ultimate source of saving <laughs> is inner. It's an inner source. It's God. With each of us being response able to wrestle with our own inner triggers and heal our own trauma and grow up, learn to grow up when we're still acting out these childish patterns and we'll discover our strength. Right? We're not doing this alone. We're doing it together with each other, for each other, but not as the source of each other. So, right, this, this Power Couple series, this, this conversation about really, I want, I am excited that my husband, my partner, my lover is clear on who he is, connected to his inner wisdom and guidance, his GPS. Like, I, I desire that in a partnership that is strong. I need us both on point with our inner GPS. I need us both clear on our mission. I desire as both to bring wisdom and insight to a conversation when something comes up and we're making decisions on the future. We're about to move to North Carolina, you know, and we can come and we're both bringing incredible value, insight, wisdom, guidance to the conversation, and we can tune into each other and we can literally you know, this, this flow state leadership where we're like, okay, you know, we can, we can work with each other for each other. And there are things that, you know, I'll let him take the lead on because he has more certainty in this arena. And I'm just going to, you know, step back on the areas that I have less certainty about. And there's certain things that I'm very, very clear on. I'm very, very convicted on where he says, Hey babe, you take the lead on this. And we have this flow state leadership thing going on. It's like the dance, you know, and it feels good To be in this, because there is strength rising from both sides. There's insight rising from both sides. There's wisdom, conviction, clarity, gifts rising from both sides. And this is why when I say like power couples are operating powerful, they're full of you know power is one word that I'm using to describe a lot of things, but we are full and we're bringing the fullness to the relationship. And here's the thing where I'm not completely full, I let him fill the gaps and vice versa. But I'm not coming like a shell of a woman trying to get someone else to define who I am, you know, to be my strength, to be my support, to be my everything. That is not going to create this beautiful union, multiplication, amplification that we're created for. So, I wanted to say one more thing about triggers before I kind of wrap this up. Is that if we are, you know, I said something earlier about when we are operating in the state of giving everybody back their power, we have a responsibility to each other, but not for each other. I'm going to say that again. Power couples have a responsibility. Responsibility, if you break that word down, means response. Able. I'm able to respond to you. I'm able to respond to. A situation. I'm able to respond consciously to what's happening, right? Break that word down. We are able, we have the ability to respond. And when those triggers come up and the things that, you know, we're still loaded inside about something, I, I read something the other day that said, you can't be triggered and, and start shooting fire unless you're fully loaded. And I was like, oh man, that is good because our triggers show us where am I still loaded? right? And where am I loaded with anger? Where am I loaded with insecurity right now? Where am I loaded with unease about the future? Where am I loaded with uncertainty about things or worry or whatever it is, right? Fear. And a, a, a person, a, a woman or a man who's really in their grounded essence, like really connected is able to ask themselves these questions, you know, and say, where am I loaded right now? I have a responsibility, I am able to respond, to be aware of that loaded state, right? And still choose how I'm going to respond in this situation. So we have a responsibility to show up for each other, absolutely, but we're not responsible for each other's behavior, for each other's words, for each other's feelings, for each other's success, for each other's achievements. And this is where it starts to get really muddy really fast and our identities become entangled, when we are operating from a dysfunctional place, we are confused. We believe there is a part of us that is still believing and operating from a sense that I'm responsible for that person's behavior. If that person's sad, I'm screwing up. If that person's not moving forward, I must be failing. If that person's struggling, it always has something to do with you. And you know, I'm just gonna say again, the common theme is me, 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 me. I can't handle you not blank, fill in the blank, because it means something about me. You're making it about yourself. But when I'm responsible to you, it's about me showing up for you and giving you full permission to do you, loving you and accepting you fully as you are, knowing that I'm bringing me to the table, right? And it is from a place of service. It's from the inside out instead of the outside in. So I hope that that really lands for you. So if you're still getting triggered, and we, we do, we're human, right? To be triggered is to be human, to respond to the triggers, to not let them create massive reaction and burn everything down and fire out words of spewing of hate. Like I say that is superhuman because that requires us to really go within, to be still, to connect to the heart of God and say, God, right now, give me the eyes to see what you see. Give me the ears to hear what you see. Let your words be my words. Right now, I don't feel like loving, but show me the loving thing to do and I will follow through because to love is a verb, right? Loving on someone is a choice of action. It's not a feeling because feelings are flighty, right? I could feel amazing one moment. I could feel exhausted the next. Feelings, I mean, emotions and energy move. So there's, you gotta, we get to begin to really discern, right? Discern what is the fleeting feeling that is like the wind. (laughs) Here today, gone tomorrow, here this moment, the next moment it changes. And what are the deep emotions stored in the body that I get to work through that I have been suppressing and shoving down or not addressing? They're different things, right? So when we are operating as a powerful man, a powerful woman, grounded, and I believe in the spirit, connected in the spirit, we're able to tune in and discern what's fleeting, superficial. What's on the surface that doesn't need our attention? It's just a distraction. What is going on at a deeper level emotionally, right? And let's begin to move that deeper stuff within ourselves and create space for each other to do the same thing. And because when we can clear out the depths, when we can clear out the deep stuff, right? instead of just fixing the superficial problem, you know, the thing that's burning right now, that if we can just fix it, everything gets better for a moment, we stick a bandaid on it. If we can begin to clear the stuff that's inside deep, 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 we create a new container to create something new. We cannot, we will not be able to create a new relationship dynamic, a new future, a new vision. If we don't allow each other to go deep within, to get intimate with ourselves, to clear out the container of the past, all of the garbage, the triggers, the loaded stuff that's in there so that we have a new container to create from. My loves, there is a vast difference between supporting someone and doing all the work for them. I said this last time, caring versus caring. And um, I just want to say like, this is how we move forward. We begin by getting into conscious decision to say, okay, radical awareness first, right? Have I been showing up as a savior? Where have I been showing up as the savior? What if I no longer get to play that role anymore? What if my role is just to be a lover, to be a father, to be a mother, to be you know, a, a, a team player, to be supporter for these people, but not a fixer, right? And what if I choose right now, what does it look like when I begin to release some of this strength back to them? when I begin to give them back their strength, give them back their vision, give them back their abilities to see, what does that look like? Really encourage you guys to tune into that. And that can just be a beautiful reflection tool. You can journal on it, whatever comes up for you, but you know, just really tune into that. What does it look like when you're not taking it from them, but giving it back? One of the things I, I, you know, journal about a lot is like God, what gifts are you giving me? I know God has given me this great gift of strength, the great gift of insight, you know, and I really fundamentally believe that is a gift I'm called to bring to my relationship, and also to show others what's available in them. And the only way where you can show is by helping them discover it within themselves. And um, I'll, leave, I'll leave us with this because, you know, I, I love to use scripture. I think it just resonates so highly. It resonates. It's deeply true. But one of the things I have really made a conscious shift in my life over the last few years is, you know, that there are my plans and then there's God's plans. There is my way and there's God's way. I can do things and I can be pretty successful and I can go far on my own accord through my own strength. You know, and I have my own ideas of what I want my kids to do, my husband to operate like. I look at something, I'm like, babe, this is how we should do it. You know, like automatically my brain goes that way. And then I also know like there's this whole other process that I haven't got no clue because it's a divine process. And so when I release the need to have my plans and my process be the only way for someone else to prosper, and I let them lean into what God has said for them man, things start to really show up miraculously. So I love that verse from Jeremiah that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper, plans for you to give you hope and a future. And you will call on me, and I will come and listen to you. You will seek me, and when you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. And I just love that because, again, it just takes all the pressure off me that I may have some answers for someone. I may have some good ideas and, you know, I have some ways that I could show people. And then I get to also be okay that God might have something completely different in store for them, right? And that person, each one of my children is on their unique journey, right? They're all so different. They all have their own ways of getting to wherever God is calling them to be. And I've had some massive life lessons over the last few years of just, Moving from a mother that needed to be the savior and the fixer and the overbearing controller to the one who is able to just love them and accept them for where they are, to let them, you know, go through the making bad decisions in my eyes, right? Decisions I'm not happy with, seeing results I don't want to see, but also knowing that things will be reorganized and reorchestrated. And over time, you know, as they fumble and find themselves again, and I can just be there consistently that, you know, it all works out, right? It all works out for them. Um, And each one of our souls is on this beautiful journey. So as is true, whether it's our children, our husband, our wives, our partners, what if we just stop trying to control everything and making our plans, everyone else's plans. And we just allow each other to go through our own process, to go within And to really bring the best of what we've got to the table, I think like this is the way we create amazing, thriving relationships. You guys, thank you for joining me today. I hope that this was valuable for you. If this conversation landed and resonated, I would love for you to share this episode with a friend. If you haven't already done so, please leave a review. It does make a huge, huge difference. And last before we hop, I want to tell you like there is this beautiful journey of awakening the heart, of getting out of your head, into your heart, The initiation is officially open, the winter session. If this is uh, something you want to get more coaching and mentoring and support around, um, really creating a thriving relationship, restoring your relationship with the masculine and the feminine, Rising as a Power Couple, I encourage you to follow the link in the show notes, fill out the readiness factor assessment. We will be starting our winter initiation session soon. Um, It is life-changing, game-changing upgrading across the board. And um, I'm just so thrilled and honored to be taking people through that process. So thank you again for being here. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously as warriors of the heart. My loves, we are called to live the untamed life, the only life worth living. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart-shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community, Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.